Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? And this is episode 71 of Screwball, following the All-Star All-Star break, the All-Star week that we had, uh, coming off of a uh, weekend series, not a lot of baseball going on uh, other than the All-Star game and the return weekends, uh, so we got a lot, of, a lot to talk about regarding the upcoming trade deadline, the results of the All-Star break, you know, some uh, COVID uh, issues going on with uh, a particular team and other teams. Uh, injury concerns and all the like. So um, instead, you know, instead of going right into the news, because like I said, there is a bit to talk about. Uh, let's start with our topic of conversation this week, which is in regard to the current state of 2021 baseball of the parody in the league. Uh, particularly, is there maybe, you know, is this the most even year that we've seen in a while? You know, some years we see teams that are uh, far and away the best, you know, they're the best. Uh, and then there's teams that, you know, are the worst and they're not even close. Now, this isn't untrue for this year, but it seems to be uh, a pretty big trend going on that there doesn't seem to be that one dominant team. Everyone kind of seems to be kind of packed in. Like I usually, you know, say here, Frank brings our topic up every week. So I'll let him, as usual, kind of lead off the conversation with where he where he was kind of had his mind at when doing the topic. So, uh, so yeah, what are you kind of thinking with, with this one? Just wanted to bring it up because uh, we're you know we're halfway a little over halfway through the season with the All Star break, uh, trade deadline coming, and you see that a lot of these teams um, are not running away with the division, uh, especially teams that were expected to be really good, like the Braves, are around five hundred. The Yankees only a few over. Uh, you get Twins who have just been really bad this year. You know the Indians have been faltering lately. The Cubs were hot and then ice cold. Even the Dodgers and, and Padres have been through their, their their hot and cold streaks. Then you get teams like the Giants better than they're supposed to be, and, and the Brewers even possibly you know better than they're supposed to be. So you just you just look over at the standings and you go, well, this is you know got to be one of the closest years we've seen in a while because you know these really good teams that we expected aren't as good as we kind of thought they were going to be, um, at least as of now, and some of these other bad teams are kind of playing better. So no one's really out of it. Yes, you got a couple teams that are really kind of you know down and out. But a lot of teams, even the Mariners, I believe the Mariners are even higher in the wild card than the Yankees. I mean, these are teams that aren't really supposed to be that good. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit doesn't have much talent. I think they're like nine games under, which really isn't that bad. You know, the Angels around 500 with all the injuries they've dealt with. I mean, it's just a lot of teams just, just there. I mean, the divisions are relatively close. Even, you know, you look at the, you know, the Yankees division, that's relatively close. The Yankees, I think, themselves are only seven games out. You say that's seven games, but they also play a lot. You know, it's the second half of the season, trade deadline, and division games. That's not that bad when you're supposed to be a good team. Mm-hmm. The Braves a couple of games out. You know, the Cardinals. Look at the Cardinals. They're what tied for third place. I think so. They were yeah, seven games out. Something like that. Yeah, they were a team. They were they had the best record in baseball for a little while. So it's just very, very hot, hot or cold this year. You know, you ever had those teams that are real hot and kind of stay hot all year and cold, and the teams that you know you can't really. Before the year, you couldn't put, you know, you had these teams that you could 
place here and here and here, and you kind of expect them to be there. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting that during, throughout the year. No. Now you're not getting, oh, this team's going to kind of be here, maybe second. Or this team's going to be here, maybe second. Or this team's going to be a wild card team, you know, maybe fight for a division. This team's going to be last. This team's going to be last. This you don't really have that. You got like, oh, this team's last. This team's last. This team's uh, in the middle. Mm-hmm. This team's in first, but not far. It's very close where one bad week, and you're one bad week, and you're selling the team. Yeah. One bad week, and you're buying everybody else's players. Mm-hmm. Or you're just staying there, or one, you know, anything. So I think it's really, you know, it's you get that every year, it's understandable. But I think there's more teams in that boat this year. Agree. Like, oh, well, this team has a hot, you know, hot week this week. They're buying. It's like, well, these four teams have a hot week this week. They're buying. But if these four teams are a cold week, they're selling. That's what. That's the difference. You get teams like the Braves who could sell. Yeah. Yankees who could kind of, you know, or or I should say the Braves could do both. They could sell a little and buy a little. The Yankees could sell a little and buy a little. You know, you got a lot of teams who could do that. You got the Mariners who technically could buy, but are probably going to sell. And it seems like the Orioles are going to sell, but also probably maybe buy a little for the future. Mm-hmm. So it's like a weird era, you know, spot where you're just not really. It's strange. You don't have that just like, oh, we're going to, you know, this team's going nuts and, you know, that's just how it is. Everyone's chasing them. Yeah. Yeah, there really isn't. I'd say the the few teams that came as advertised this year, for me personally, are the White Sox kind of came as advertised. Dodgers came as advertised. Padres came as advertised. Giants were nowhere on my radar. Uh, like you said, Mariners kind of nowhere on my radar. Red Sox weren't even really on my radar. Um, they're one of the few teams that I, I could kind of see it. But, you know, it, it is strange that there's just a lot of middle-of-the-pack stuff. I've called it, and I've said this to my dad often. Me and my dad talk baseball a lot. He says it's one of the strangest years in baseball for me, just wrapping my head around which teams are good and bad. You know, for a while, yeah, the Mariners were in first place. The Royals were in first place. Granted, it was early in the year, but teams like that typically, you know, come out, they don't come out that hot. So it was strange to me right off the bat. Then you have the Yankees and the Braves, like you mentioned, are the biggest cases for me. You know, I have them, I had them as my predictions for the World Series, and they're both honestly, like, mediocre at best this year. Granted, the Braves have had a lot, a lot, a lot of problems. Uh, Yankees have had their share of problems, but there's really not big enough excuses, especially for the Yankees, to be where they are. Cardinals, case in point, too, where I, I kind of thought that they'd run away with things, and you said it. They were they were first in the MLB at some point, and, and a team like the Brewers, we criticized their pitching up and down that didn't really have much talent there, and look at where they are, and they have some of the best pitchers in the league. I mean, there's a lot of just t- stuff to me that just don't make any sense. Now, obviously, you know, some teams do come as advertised. The Orioles, we knew were going to be bad. The Pirates, we knew were going to be bad. There's no... Big, you know, not everything's a surprise, but I'd say overall, yeah, absolutely. This this is the strangest, closest year that I can remember. There's no, like, last year the Dodgers, remember, if you remember all of our episodes, the Dodgers had the best record in the league almost all year. There's no team like that this year. You know, it's just, a, it seems like an ever-changing, you know, rotation of best teams and best players, and I don't know, it's just, it's hard to kind of, it's kind of hard to just, you know, point your finger at the team and be like, well, that team's going to win the World Series. I kind of look at all the teams and go, nope, maybe. I don't know. You know, anyway, I feel like this is truly a year where anyone can win it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, this is, and then even the storylines and headlines have just been, have been crazy. You know, Otani and his thing and Vlad going nuts and some other younger players going nuts. The Diamondbacks, really a team that you expect to be kind of around 500, you know, winning like four games and like a 60-game span. Terrible, uh, yeah. The Rockies have the most walk-off wins this year with 10, and they only have nine road wins. They have nine wins on the road this year, but they have 10 walk-off wins. Yeah. I mean, this, the stat lines and, and the stats and the storylines and the standings, everything's just just off the charts, you know, weird. 
and the fans are loving it. The the viewership's way up. Mm-hmm. The most viewed, one of the most viewed All Star weekends or weeks, um, and uh, viewership's just been going way up. Twenty percent, fifteen percent, eighteen percent here, twenty four percent here. It's just everything's been going up, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It's just uh, we knew it was going to be a weird, weird year for the most part, um, and it was going to be a an anticipated year, but um, I don't think we quite got expected all that. So, which is good. It's definitely good. You want to see that. But I just wanted to bring that up just because we we're at that point where it's time to buy and sell, and you know, you are who you your record is, and it's like, well, this is one of the craziest years I remember. Usually, you got four or five teams, and there's like, a, you know, they run off, and then you got four or five teams fighting for a wild card spot or two, and then you got four or five teams fighting for, you know, oh, I'm gonna get the first pick next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Yeah. Really, you can get just twenty teams that can, mm-hmm. and there's twenty teams that can sell. Yeah, yep. And it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. There's a lot of teams sitting right now like, well, let's see what happens with this series or two. You know, let's see if we can if we can win this series. Maybe we win three or four. All of a sudden, we're right in the wild card hunt. Maybe we could buy. Or all of a sudden, we got swept a four-game series, and all of a sudden, now we're sellers. It's really like there's a lot of teeter-tottering teams, you know. Yeah, or you kind of do both. I sell off the guy who's a free agent after this year, but I buy a guy who's I got two years eligibility. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I still got to try competing this year mm-hmm. but I'm also going to be smart for next year as yeah. we got some teams too so it's just it's very you know weird and then you got all these players that could be on the deadline on mm-hmm. the block who could just just throw a big wrench into things yeah I mean mm-hmm. superstars who can get traded and you're like well that'd do it yeah there was let's a say the Giants come out and go get you know I'm not saying they're going to go get them but let's say they come out crazy and they're like oh you know we're just going to get Trevor Story yeah yeah, okay. Or Joey Gallo, or, you know, they're going to get Max Scherzer, and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, so you're all in now. Yeah, now you're all in. And then all of a sudden, they get them, and they lose, like, 15 straight, and you're like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> that could easily happen with mm-hmm. a team like the Giants. Yeah. Because you're like, well, this team wasn't really supposed to be all that, you know, it's, you just don't know. Yeah. Or a team like the Reds started the year hitting 900, I felt like. Mm-hmm. They can go on a run here and win 20 out of the next 25, and then be in first place. Yeah, yep. Or they could easily win tomorrow and sell. And the, the one of the most interesting divisions all year even is the NL East. A lot of what are those a lot of those teams do. You know, the, the Mets last place and you're in the hunt. Yeah, I mean the, you know, like I told you this before we started recording, the the Marlins had the best run differential in that division for a stretch. You know, and they're in last. And the Braves are what do they do? Because they're supposed to be good, but they're not. And then you have contracts them coming up. The Mets have had nothing but injuries as usual. You know, the Phillies are, are kind of right there the nationals are kind of right there that's such a division that could just really just flip-flop a, you know have a real change of heart with the trade deadline so it's 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 nice like you said that we have such like even us as like seasoned baseball fans i'd say we don't even know how to make heads or tails of some of this you know so in a way it's nice but in a way it's kind of like well you know some of your favorite teams out there are like you're watching them and going well what what is going on you know, why are we this bad or hell, why are we this good? I'll take it, you know? So it's definitely a weird year. I wouldn't be surprised if the playoffs were weird. I wouldn't be surprised if the final world series winner was weird. And, uh, you know, o- overall, I, I, I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. <laughs> That's it's, it's it really sums it up. Well, that I'm kind of 50, 50 with it. Cause the season seems to be very 50, 50. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking on it. Um, it's just uh, it's interesting, and it keeps you watching. If you're if you're just a fan of baseball and you kind of watch all the teams, and watch the stats, 
it's definitely interesting. It'll keep you keep you entertained. Uh, so let's move on to our news segment of the show. Uh, and the number one piece of news, obviously, uh, the results of the All-Star break. Because when we, when we posted our episode last week, although it posted after the All-Star game, we didn't know the results of the Home Run Derby or All-Star break, or the All-Star game, excuse me. So the All-Star week brought the Home Run Derby and All-Star game, as we previously said. Uh, in case you missed it, Pete Alonso defeated Trey Mancini in the finals of the Home Run Derby, uh, which won him the back-to-back Home Run Derby titles, as, you know, obviously there was no Home Run Derby last year in 2020. Uh, the next day, the AL defeated the NL in the All-Star game by a score of 5-2, to two, with Shohei Otani getting the win, Max Scherzer getting the loss, and Vlad Jr. bringing home the MVP. I believe, you know, obviously Pete Alonso now winning back-to-back. I think he's one off of the most all-time, because uh, I think the most all-time is, is three. I think Griffey's got that. So, you know, so there's that. The All-Star game, uh, the American League just seems to trounce the NL anymore. You know, with the, I don't, uh, I forget the exact stats. Um, but I know the AL in the early 2000s went on absolute tear, winning every year, and now it seems to be, they're back on that. Um, and uh, I'm not, you know, the NL has so much talent, it, it kind of surprises you every year that it happens. Another All-Star week completed. Uh, thankfully, we had it this year. We missed it last year. And uh, hopefully, uh, we have just as much excitement next year and even more. Number two, the Blue Jays are finally coming home. On July 30th, the Toronto Blue Jays are finally returning to the Rogers Center for home games after a long stint in Buffalo due to COVID restrictions, uh, restricting ta- travel between the U.S. and Canada. Uh, the Blue Jays will return for a home stand in which they play the Royals, Red Sox, and Indians. I believe it's a total of uh, 10 games they're, they're going to be on the home stand. So, Blue Jays finally, Blue Jay fans, you can finally go see your team if you live in Canada or, uh, you know, I guess if you live in northern United States, it would be impressive if you just cross the, cross the line all the time to see them. But, um, but yeah, so good for them. I, I know that uh, the players are probably going to finally be familiar in their clubhouse, maybe bring a different vibe. Uh, the fans are going to – I know the fans are going to be cooking because their Blue Jays are actually pretty good. Um, so good for them and uh, good, for, good for sports and baseball overall that they finally – all the teams are finally back in their home ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toronto, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that they're, uh, they were putting petition or feeler, feeler up to get, you know, get back to Toronto. I think they're going to go back with about 5,000 fans or 15,000 fans or something. It wasn't supposed to be a bunch, but um, that's good for them and good for their area and team and franchise and players and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. There's players on that team who've never played in Toronto as a Blue Jay, but been on the team for two years. Which is amazing. <laughs> so, some news I got here. We have seen COVID tick up here recently. Um, not not much of a, um, you know, guys actually getting sick and spreading out. More of a, I think, maybe... With the, with the All-Star break and people being in different spots and maybe not being as careful or harder to track, kind of. Maybe I think it's been a little bit more careful with guys and, uh, you know, with the vaccines up for most teams. Um, like I said, the guys really aren't sick. They're just, you know, they're testing positive, maybe false positive. We've seen with the Yankees, the Rockies, uh, the Braves had a test here. Um, so everyone's kind of dealing with it again, which we haven't we haven't dealt with in, what, since April? Yeah, it feels May. like, yeah. We haven't really dealt with it, it you know, as much, mm-hmm. but I think with the All Star break and people going and being harder, like, hey, who were you around? You're like, oh, well, I was around a lot more family members and stuff like that. What well, it's it's easier to just be like, hey, let's just put you here for now mm-hmm. just to be safe. So I think that's kind of what's going on. Um, once we get another week or two in and the teams are kind of back together consistently, I think it'll kind of wash itself away once more. Um, but something to keep note of, uh, especially if you're um, for your favorite favorite team or for fantasy wise. Yeah, definitely. Um, and my other piece of news here goes kind of with the topic. 
Uh, we have uh, Twins, Cubs, Indians, Marlins, and Rockies are teams expected to be sellers at the deadline. You know, uh, we've seen the Cubs with their cold streak and the Indians with their cold streak kind of push their hand there. Yeah. Um, but we also have teams like the Marlins who I think are going to be more of a, a both approach. Like we'll sell a little, we'll buy a little, and, and, and kind of try winning. And Twins could possibly – Twins, I know they said, you know, anyone who's not on a contract next year is fair game. Anyone after that, we're, we're hard-pressed to, to get rid of them. But then you also have teams like the Phillies, Reds, Cardinals, and Angels, who are teams are expected to buy. Phillies been hot here recently when the NL East not been great. They can definitely make a move. Reds have been offensively hot and cold big time all year if they can get some more consistent pitching. Mm. Cardinals have one of the best rosters, went healthy, but they've dealt with some of the most injuries all year mm. um, to crucial players, including their entire rotation, mm. except Adam Wainwright. They've really dealt with a lot of injuries. And then you have the Angels, who I've seen – people talk about which is it makes the most sense they have the best they, they already had the best deadline trade deadline mm-hmm. which you might, you might sound crazy because we're not even there yet but on the horizon is Mike Trout that's almost like trading for Mike Trout <laughs> I know it sounds weird but that's like the feeling it's like when you get a guy back from injury it's like oh, we tra- almost like we traded for that guy that's almost what the Angels are going to get Yeah, it's and they're big. playing relatively good baseball so they can kind of keep it around Otani's doing his thing Jared Walsh's going nuts David Fletcher's actually going nuts. <laughs> and then you get Mike Trout back, and you're like, all right, here we go. We go get a pitcher. Maybe they go, you know, get some of the prospects. They built the system up a little bit. They go get Scherzer to head that rotation for a year or two. You're talking something, you know, maybe they make a run at uh, at least a wild card spot, which is wide open. Yeah, absolutely. So those are my uh, little bits, you know, little bits of notes here uh, going into our uh, first full week back after the All-Star break. Yeah. Just to uh, just to piggyback off of that with my my third piece of news here, kind of the final piece of news, you know, with the trade deadline, there has been some some smaller trades. Uh, one, I guess, a little bit bigger uh, than the other, but Jock Peterson was traded to the Braves in the past week. That kind of officially kicks off, you know, the de- trade deadline season. Um, the Cubs are you know kind of starting their supposed fire sale by trading Jock Peterson to the Braves, a guy that was pretty expendable for them. Uh, Stephen Vogt was also traded to the Braves by the Diamondbacks last week. And as you know, as he talked about, there are buyers and sellers already being established. Um, there's a whole slew of players that could go. Trevor Story. I heard Starling Marte said no to an extension, so he's being traded uh, almost shortly. Uh, Adam Frazier, Eduardo Escobar, um, you know, guys like that are pretty much on the block. Some of those guys are almost guarantees to go. So there's a lot to look forward to, uh, if you, especially if you're a team that's in a good spot to buy. And you you just missing maybe you're missing a second baseman or maybe you're missing that shortstop or you're missing that outfielder or miss, you're missing that one big arm, uh, you could really turn your season up to, you know up to eleven. So that'd be uh, it's going to be good for uh, a lot of teams. It could be good for teams even if you're a seller and all of a sudden you start rebuilding and you really start getting big prospects. So in a way, even if you're a seller, it's it's, it's always good to look forward. Especially you know? if you're a team like the Marlins, who I don't think are far off as it is, hmm. or maybe even a team like Detroit, who's got a bunch of pitching coming up. And not not a bunch of you know not real far off, maybe Orioles not too too far off. Those teams where it's like okay we got some prospects coming and we add more to it, or maybe add younger, you know almost MLB ready players or younger MLB ready players, you could turn to you know push the rebuild up one year. Yeah, and absolutely. Kind of, be, and kind of be here ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a there's a bunch going on. We're gonna be going on here real real soon. Well, it's going on, but you know we just we won't see it in the news yet. Yeah, next week I'm sure we'll have trades talk about and uh, we'll have more more rumors. And then the week after that we record, that'll be we'll have the results of it, really. You know, I, I believe we'll be pretty close. Yeah, be um, so, so that's where we're at with the trade deadline. 
Uh, the number four piece of news here is the wrap-up. Uh, who's doing the best right now? Uh, so with only a few games, obviously, since last episode, um, there wasn't much changing, really, with the divisions. Uh, the Giants still own the best record in the league at 58-34. and 34. The Dodgers are right behind them at 58-36. and 36. Uh, The White Sox own the best record in the AL with 56-36. and 36. And the Red Sox and the Astros are tied uh, behind them at 56-38. and 38. Uh, Dodgers own the best run differential in the league at plus 154. And the Diamondbacks own the worst at minus 154. So... Again, no real surprise there. It's kind of where we left off. There was only really a weekend series, so we haven't seen. And it's the same thing with the, you know, we're going to go into our hot and cold players. There really wasn't much of a, a real sample size. You know, I yeah. think guys at most had 13, 14, 15 at-bats, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, some hot and cold teams uh, I want to throw out there. Uh, hot teams, you got the Rays, Yankees, White Sox, Phillies, and Tigers. I, I think really look out for the Phillies. I really do. I've said it before the season. I really think the Phillies – are going to make a push here. I really, I, I get that vibe of, what was it, you know, the 07 Mets, 08 mm-hmm. Mets and Phillies races, mm-hmm. where Mets had the lead and then they blew it late and the Phillies came on. The Phillies could easily do that again. Yeah, that division's pretty pretty wide open, so if they go on they a got, run. They got a pretty good run. They got a pretty good division. Or they got a pretty good lineup, I should say, offensively. Uh, their bullpen's still got question marks, but they have ta- a little bit of talent out there. The rotation with Aaron Nola, if he could just kind of settle in a little bit more, uh, with Zach Wheeler and Nola, you know they could they, they could make one pitch and move for the start rotation, maybe a pitch and move with the bullpen, and really make a push at it. And then with the Mets dealing with some injuries and Brewers, dealing, I mean uh, Braves dealing with injuries, but especially with the Mets to some big players for a lot of the year, that that could all easily turn into a, a five game losing streak, five game win streak the other way, and there you go, it's topsy turvy. Yep, yeah, that division's and they hate each other. Oh yeah. It's not like oh well they're a division team. They have, no, these two two teams really hate each other, so that always is a is a grind that way as well. Yep. So I think to look out for them. Um, and some cold teams though, the Royals, Red Sox, Rangers, Nats, and Diamondbacks. Um, obviously some teams that are struggling here, um, but none of those teams cold streaks really are gonna switch their thinking, I think, at the deadline here. I think those teams already have their ideas uh, made up kind of for them. Yeah, and like we said, you know, there wasn't too many it wasn't like there was a week's worth of games like normal that we had. It was really kind of – there wasn't – you know either you won or lost a series or you swept the series or got swept, yeah. which could obviously – This is mostly coming off of the last 10 games played, these teams. Oh, okay. That's where I got – you know, so that's where you come from with these – most gotcha. of these stats. All right, cool. Yeah, so uh, like you said, maybe not some teams that are changing their – they're all of a sudden changing their minds, but there are teams out there that are on that border and see what happens this week and uh, might have some new sellers and buyers. Um, so to move on to our next segment of the show, we have the who's hot and who's not. We'll go on to our hot and cold players of the week. Again, this is because uh, it go- just goes back seven days. This is really your hot and cold players over the weekend, over the weekend series. Uh, so not again, not much uh, huge sample size. Uh, I didn't. I made this list before I knew the players of the week, so I'm missing one of the players of the week, as I usually like to mention. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, one player of the week. I don't have his stats in front of me, but he did win the AL player of the week. I do have the NL player in the week here, though. Uh, I already had him in here. So, the five guys in my hot list. Number one, I have Starling Marte. Had a 500 average over the last week with an 875 slugging and a 1375 OPS. Number two, the NL player of the week, Willie Adamas. Batted 615 over the last week with a 1254 slugging and an 1841 OPS. Number three, I have Tim Anderson. Batted 462 over the last week with an 1154 slugging and a 1615 OPS. Number four, Miguel Rojas, batted 438 over the last week with a 625 slugging and a 1062 OPS. 
And number five, Luis Urias, batting 429 over the last week with a 786 slugging and a 1286 OPS. Yeah, uh, someone, I got a few of those names here, uh, including Tim Anderson, but some other names I want to throw out there. Dave Fletcher, obviously his hit streak came to an end yesterday, but he's still playing great. Uh, Mookie Betts, uh, been been hot here, even though he was day-to-day for a little while here, but um, hmm. he's been doing pretty good. Tommy Pham, but he's been going nuts recently. Hmm. Uh, Paul DeJong hitting better. Hunter Dozier and Juan Soto. Those are some other names just over their last, you know, seven games or so. Been playing pretty well. Some pitchers to look for. Corbin Burns, you know, pitched great the other day. Carlos mm-hmm. Rodon's been going has been going crazy all year. Uh, Matt Harvey, I believe, had six shutout innings yesterday. Oh, wow. He's been pitching pretty good. Max Freed and Alex Reyes, who no one's really talking about, but um, I believe he broke the record for most consecutive saves to start a career. Yep. Um, with, uh, what is it, 22 now? Time might have been, I think it was 24, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing, uh, pitching really well. The only thing people are a little worried about with him, his whip's about 1.3, 1.4, which is mm. a little high, but his yeah. ERA's only like 1.7. But, you know, people always, low averages, if the whip's that high, eventually his ERA will go up a little bit. But uh, right. he's got some nasty stuff, um, and they, they do expect him to still be a starter. Oh, wow. But um, with the need in the bullpen, um, and as good as he's been doing, they're just like, yep, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, just leave him there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so those are some hot, uh, Hot and cold, uh, or hot, I should say, hot pitchers and, and hitters. Cool. Yeah, I saw that, that stat earlier today that Alex Reyes broke that record. Uh, it is nice to have that guy that kind of surprised you out of the bullpen. And you got Giovanni Gallegos, who's a great guy, you know, to have uh, out in your bullpen. Now you have two of them. Yeah. You're yeah, looking Andrew pretty Miller good. Still, still plays well out there and mm-hmm. guys like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he broke the record set by, or it was held by LaTroy Hawkins. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah course who might still be pitching somewhere <laughs> yeah he's pitching somewhere yeah in some independent league or Him something pitching against john franco or oh, yeah. franco i should say <laughs> 50 year old um, versus 70 year old and bartolo clones on the bump yeah. our bullpen oh my god <laughs> i can't even imagine but to move on to our cold players of the week um the who's not so number one on my cold list i have Giancarlo stanton oh for his last 11 no walks or anything just a zero slash line um number two nolan arenado an 077 average over the last week with an 077 slugging and a 154 OPS. Number three, Dylan Carlson. Uh, same thing, 077 average over the last week with a 154 slugging and a 231 OPS. Number four, Jesse Winker. 077 average with an 077 slugging and a 220 OPS. And number five, Cody Bellinger. An 083 average with an 083 slugging and a 298 OPS over the last week. So all of those guys under 100 over the weekend series and some guys extended. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely been struggling. Uh, yeah. Some names I want to throw in there. Jordan Alvarez struggling a little bit. And Rosarena and Carlos Correa. A few guys to add to that list. Um, and some pitchers who have been struggling recently, at least over their last outing or two. Uh, Kikuchi for, for the Mariners. Jake Odorizzi. Patrick Corbin, who's been struggling all year. Blake Snell, who's been struggling relatively all year. And Sonny Gray got beat up a little bit over his last start coming mm. off the I.L. Um, so those are some names I just want to throw out there. To get to the next part here, we're going to go and, you know, always go into the injuries. Um, obviously, with the All-Star break, the injuries are on the better side. You know, not so many injuries, more about coming back. That's good. Uh, but the injuries we do have, uh, Luke Voigt, placed in the IL. Tim Castro towards ACL. He'll be, he's placed in the IL. Yeah. Jess Jazome, young young player for the Marlins on the IL. DeGrom and Lindor both placed in the IL for the Mets. Both possibly looking at some lengthy um, absence with the yeah. ground with forearm tightness over about a week and a half span in Lindor, but on bleak. 
uh, both looking at you know an issue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strasburg was on the verge of coming back. Um, still dealing with neck issue though, so he's kind of pushed off again. So uh, yeah. I want to mention that Devin Williams placed in the IL. Gavin Lux we've seen today placed in the IL with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of COVID names out there. The Yankees dealing with had six players on the COVID list. Rockies had a few. Braves have one or two. Um, there's a few other teams that have you know guy here or there with COVID. So um, you know I didn't want to bring up all their names because there's a chance that half of them are got back tomorrow. Yeah, by the time yeah. We even you know, but I just want to mention there are other guys with COVID as well. Um, but on the good side of the news, John John Means pitching, throwing, he's he's expects to come back soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Archer starting to re, you know starting his uh, will be starting a rehab assignment soon. Uh, Chris Sale is on a rehab assignment. He pitched great. He hit, hit 97 miles per hour. He was expected to pitch two innings. He actually pitched three. It's good he was pitching. So they were like, all right, let's just let him pitch another inning. Oh, okay. um, so he's been pitching really good. And you know, similar to games. And now his rehab assignment. Shane Bieber expected back soon. Mitch Garver starting a rehab assignment. Uh, Eloy Jimenez on a rehab assignment. I uh, will be rejoining the team probably within the next two weeks. I would say, wow. maybe three at the most. Good for him. Uh, Luis Robert. They expect him. He's starting to do some light activities and stuff like that. They expect him to be back maybe in the next month or so. It's pretty impressive. Those two guys. Yeah, that would help the the White Sox, you know, a lot because they've dealt with their share of injuries too. Yeah, sure. Miles Mikolas for the Cardinals. Expected to start his rehab tournament in the next few days. Sonny Gray is back, and Zach Allen returned from the IL for I think the third time this year. Uh, but a young, talented pitcher for Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, relatively on the good side of things for the last two weeks for yeah. the injury for the injury list. So that's you know that's always that's always good. Yeah, we've had some devastating injuries this year. Uh, you know, Acuna, you know, being out now. You know, if Degrom has what we think he has with a forearm strain, would be a real big hit to baseball. Mike Trout being hurt, uh, Luis Robert, even though he's he's maybe coming back. I mean, his injury originally was was big. Nick Madrigal in the same team. Boy Jimenez is um, a big player. Yeah, I, I mean, um, there's been a lot of big. You could talk, keep going. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. You said you had Trout, Rendon three times. I mean, there, there are some Strasburg, you know, he's, Chris Sale hasn't been back, you know, it's been taking longer than expected. Yeah, Syndergaard for the Mets, same thing. Syndergaard. Lindor's now hurt. I mean, you know, there's 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 some big stars that get hurt. I mean, not, not a whole heck of a lot of real season-ending injuries, not something like an Acuna or, or something like that, but there are guys that are not coming back as quick as yeah. we expected. And, a chunk of time. Yeah. It's just how it is. So especially with the shortened year last year, maybe um, also playing effect on some guys. Yeah, that's true. So, Very true. But to get to our last part of the episode, we wanted to go to our trivia question. And this one is one that I don't think many people know. I'm just going to say it right now, I don't think many people know. Yeah, I, But I, something you would think a lot of people are, should be talked about more. And the trivia question is, who hit the first home run in Major League Baseball history? So it, an actual MLB history. Who hit the first home run? If you know this, God bless you. So, Jesus. On May 2nd, 1876, Ross Barnes, the first home run. I think it's Roscoe Charles Barnes is his full name. Yep. Um, of the Chicago White Stockings, now known as the Cubs, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Cincinnati's pitcher, Cherokee Fisher. He hit the first home run. And it was over the fence. Back in the day. Which is you, impressive. You think, yeah. You think inside the park. But no, that was back. You know, it was over the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't the first home run ever hit in baseball, obviously. But uh, with the National League um, becoming an association and actually becoming major league or professional baseball players, they made it became the, the league. This is Major League Baseball. So from then, that year, it was Major League Baseball. He hit the first official Major League Baseball home run. 
And I actually have a quote here from the Chicago Tribune at the time. So Barnes coming coming to bat with two men out made the final hit or oh, the finest hit of the game straight down the left field <laughs> to the carriages for a clean home run. That was the quote. Straight down the left field. Straight down the left field. He made the finest hit of the game. Over the carriages, too. Over the carriages. Because they're like, no one, hits, no one hits the ball. No one's hitting the ball. Like, what? He hits yeah, the ball over minute. the carriages, over the fence, and there he goes. Ruckus. Yeah. And it, just some info on this guy. Uh, no, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he was a great hitter. 429 one year. 138 hits in a 60-game span. Illness cut his career short. Um, they said, said he was one of the greatest ball players of all time. Would have been, uh, you know... One of those old school guys who I, I don't know generational guys or you know for the for the new sport I guess you can say mm-hmm. um, he was going to be one of those Cap Anson guys and Nap Lajeway where it's like oh these are these are like the you know cornerstones of our of our game yeah um, but illness and some other things uh, stopped his career short but also he was um, they called him a strong arm infielder mm-hmm. and uh, back then. It said that he didn't make many fans with the, you know many friends as first basemen because first basemen and position players were not allowed to wear gloves. So he just get the ball and whip it in over there to first base and catching it barehanded because that was just baseball back then. So that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. So just wanted to throw that out there and give you some background on him. But who hit the first home run in Major League Baseball history? May second, eighteen seventy six. Ross Barnes. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you know that, uh, I mean, you would could... think it'd be talked about more. At least yeah, hurry you, a little bit. You would think, yeah. That'd be great. The guy who hit the first home run. And not only the first home run, but the the first home run was over the fence. You know, because a lot of times back then, if you had a home run, you had it inside the parker because parks were just nuts big. And, you know, guys are really fast. It was kind of a thing to have triples and steel bases. And, and the rules, the balls in it goes for it. Yeah. Everything played in your fact to just hit the ball. So, yeah, especially this in the day and age with the home run, you think it would get brought up more now because people are hitting home runs. It's like, oh, who the hell hit the first one? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Yeah, I think that was that's was a great a great trivia question to bring up because I just it was that's always nuts. Going yeah. to that old stuff and seeing the the stats and the history, it's just it's just nuts. There's feels like there's always something to learn with that old style of ball, you know, pre Civil War and post Civil War. There's always just so much. The game was so much different. You hear some things and you're just like, what? Yeah, like the rules, rules were so wacky. And, you know, umpires and umpires and you know. It, Managers wearing suits. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just game was so different back then. Yeah, he changed teams because he he just moved. Yeah, yeah. He just he actually moved. Yeah, he yeah. Said, I'm gonna go move and I'm gonna join a different team. Yeah, I'm gonna join the team once I get to my local spot. You yeah. know, it's not like he got traded or got offered money. No, he, he just, just moved. Yeah, he just moved. He, I have a new house now. <laughs> yeah, it's it was just like it was actually like a kid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Adults just started playing. Yeah, umpires weren't paid. They didn't themselves weren't paid at all or even much until you know. Really, really to the professional baseball here. Cincinnati obviously was first team you know, professional players, but it was just a crazy, just crazy, and you could just learn about it all day. It, I know people probably think our podcast is just old school baseball because we do talk about it a lot, but it's just because it's nuts. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I said, there's endless stuff to learn about with it. You know, even if you go to the baseball. The National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, there's just so much. You could just sit in that early section for a long time and just read. Just read all the the rules they had. And this guy you've never heard of who batted, you know, 450. Yeah. You know, it's it's there's always something there, it feels like. There's always something new to dig up. So, yeah, it's cool. I, I Again, if you knew that answer, I don't, wow. <laughs> Either you looked up that question and you just knew it because you wanted to know it or you were just that good at 
you just know your baseball knowledge, man. <laughs> so good for you. Well, with that, that's a good trivia question. It's a good way to, to kind of wrap it up here. So that's kind of all I got for this week. Uh, looking forward to the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, hopefully some team starts turning around. Uh, maybe we start to, see, start to see some teams run away with it. You know, we got a lot of baseball left, so we got a whole half left. So let's not start uh, getting too ahead of ourselves and talking about the end of the season. Let's, uh, you know, kind of keep it to where we are. We're right at the trade deadline and really starts the real uh, the real push. You know, starts now. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, exciting time. So uh, we'll see. But that's um, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. All right, then uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at real Mike Lepree. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepree, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at fdubstan. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.